ho, ho. Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness Christmas episode. I'm your host, Mike, along with another host all the way from Wales. We have... I am Santa Zach. That's right. I've given myself the name Santa Zach because it's a Christmas episode. It is. We're sitting here sipping eggnog. You know what? We're going to do this for you so it is non-alcoholic eggnog because... That's exactly why eggnog was created for non-alcoholics. I don't know why you would drink eggnog without alcohol in it, but... I don't know why you drink eggnog. I also found out this week that it's a British invention. I've always seen it as a massively American thing. It's not... I don't really know anyone who drinks eggnog over here, but apparently it is of British descent. Who would have thought the British would have put booze in custard and gone, job done, that's a good idea. (laughs) Actually, yeah, it actually is. Eggnog's one of those things that's so gross to drink, but... For the Christmas season, it's good like one night, and then then I'm done. Mm, no, no, okay, fair enough. No, 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 thank you. You keep your nog. I will keep my nog, damn it, and I will raise you the 1991 Marvel Holiday Special because what? that's what we are going yes. to review here. We're not going to review the whole special because there are th- like three stories. Two of them are trash. We are reviewing, however, the first story, which is an X Men special. And it is a Christmas pass special called A Miracle a Few Blocks Down from 34th Street. And my opinion on why they even did this, the Christmas past where we get to pull up the Banshee and the Phoenix, I guess Jean Grey, is Marvel has gotten more miles, particularly out of Jean Grey, than the Weekend at Bernie's movie gets out of Bernie. They love to drag her carcass and throw it into whatever episode they can. So it's like, let's just go <laughs> backwards and talk about Jean Grey again. She's only in it for a minute, but they love their Jean Grey. This is very true. It's, I I don't want to say the most played out character in comics, but there's definite, at least on my part, Jean Grey fatigue. Yes. It's one of those characters that when I see Jean Grey now, I'm always just like, well, not in this. She's quite docile, but it's always like, oh, something, it's going to be big if Jean Grey's involved. (laughs) Unlike a miracle a few blocks down from 34th Street, which is just an itty bitty little X-Men Christmas treat. Yes. Eight pages. And that's why we're going to do it. We're going to keep it short for you. Eight pages. And we'll try to keep it under 15 minutes. Story opens up hilariously with like four X-Men crowded around a tree within inches of each other, all using powers to decorate a Christmas tree. The only one, of course, that has no shits given is Wolverine. He's like, fuck Christmas. Want nothing to do with this. He's just smoking his cigar and reading the Daily Bugle. But as you say, they're all using their powers to... You've got Nightcrawler, obviously darting around, putting baubles up. Storm is blowing on the tree. I don't know if she's like manipulating the tinsel. And Banshee just seems to be screaming while putting the angel on the top of the tree. Like, what you could do that without screaming, dude. <laughs> See, they missed really a good crossover here. This is the issue that Dazzler should have been crossed over because they could have had Banshee. He was, I think he may have been injured at the time though, but if they had have introduced Dazzler and Banshee together, she could have lit up like all of downtown New York as he screams. But they missed missed this opportunity. So, yeah, and I guess Colossus's superpower is carrying a big box of Christmas decorations. So there we go. You can tell that it's a big box of Christmas decorations by the big letters on the box that say Christmas decorations. (laughs) Just in case you thought they're putting this tree up and you're like, but what's Colossus doing holding a box? (laughs) They fucking spoon feed you this one, fair play. We have Bah Humbug, as Wolverine says. So we go on to the next page, and of course, Professor X happens to be on a fishing trip, because this is the best time to go fishing around Christmas, I guess. 
because that's what he does. You know, the the main character traits about Professor X, bald, psychic, avid angler. <laughs> and Cerebro just goes off. Cerebro shockingly has found the most powerful mutant ever registered. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Who could this be? I have no idea, but all I know is Storm says, we must determine if this mutant is friend or foe. And Wolverine's already ready to splice him open with his claws. And for some reason, they're off to go either attack this mutant or collect this mutant. Even though for, why don't they just leave this guy alone or this woman? Why, do, why is it their job to just bother mutants? Exactly. They're supposed to be a haven for mutants they want mutants to live peacefully right among a society yet every time they show up to find a new mutant it kicks off and it's a spectacle and there's collateral damage if the x-men legitimately just left mutants go about their day-to-day there would be harmony in the world yeah you'd have more dazzlers that's what we need it's christmas put a dazzler on your tree and a turkey in your mouth what the world needs now is more dazzler so they're off, and I love the scene here where Banshee, for some reason, goes from the panel above on page two to being clean-shaven to looking like Teen Wolf on the fucking panel below. <laughs> oh, I yeah. No, I have no idea what that's about. And so, screaming again. Can he only fly when he screams? Is, is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know, but he's, he's awful. Banshee is probably the worst X-Men ever, in my opinion. He's terrible. Cypher. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a Banshee hater. Now, I'd see if Dazzler <laughs> would have joined, they could have been a, a nasty little duo, but they never were on X-Men together. So page three is my favorite page because there's a whole lot going on with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants with the blob sitting around in a bright red jacket and a fuzzy white collar. And he is literally talking about how hot the mannequins are. Yes, that really stuck out to me when I first read this is the fact that he's like the first thing you hear from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is the blob going hey Toad wouldn't you want to fuck a mannequin (laughs) yeah and even Toad is like what I mean Toad is like four foot nothing I think if any of these guys is going to be interested in banging a piece of plastic it's Toad but no he's he's not even having any of this So in this top panel, obviously, you've got the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, Who here on the right-hand side is this Liza Minnelli meets Gisley Maxwell uh, creeper who is just staring directly into the camera, right into your eyes? I was thinking that was more of, uh, what is it, the Kardashians, Mom? But either or. Yeah, there's a lot of resemblances. Yeah. But who? why? Why is there just one person? Honestly, pulling focus in the frame, looking directly at you as a reader, it's so off-putting. I'm going to guess, and I could be wrong, maybe that's supposed to be another mannequin. I don't know. But I don't, but I don't it's know. odd. It, it didn't make me feel right. Now, what, you know what really doesn't make me feel right? Is a couple panels later when the kid thinks the blob is Santa Claus, <laughs> and the blob says that he's going to have his way with his mother. Now, oh, this is Christmas. Mudder. Yeah, mudder. He says, I got a present right here for you, kid, and one for your mother. Oh, Blob, you evil doer. This kid thought you were Santa. He wanted a present. It was supposed to be a lovely Christmas miracle. And you go and just really make it quite a sour experience. for Yeah, he's like, your mom want my salami? I can give that to her. 
So Jesus. it's just, yeah, it's gross. I'm not, <laughs> this is a Christmas. That's the thing. And not to remind people, this is a Christmas comic. This was the first of Marvel's holiday comics. Your expectation is this is supposed to be a feel-good story, and on page three, you're already talking about having sex with mannequins and pretty much having your way with women. It's completely off the rails. In the middle of a shopping mall. It's fucking, yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) Right. Again, I've done very little research. I I hope this doesn't turn out to be another Glob Swamp Thing scenario. (laughs) Uh, but who is Urus the Untouchable? I am unaware of this character. I believe that he is an old X-Men character, and I think I didn't do the exact research, so I'm going from memory here. Banshee started out originally as a villain and eventually turned into the X-Men. I don't think he was ever a bad guy, but he was kind of recruited by a group of people, and I think this guy is, was the guy that recruited him, which is why when they bump into each other, they recognize each other so quickly. So his name is Unus the Untouchable, Unus. but his real name is maybe even slightly worse. Is Gunther Bane. First appeared in X-Men number eight, though. Bloody hell. Right. So old school X-Men villain. But yeah, when I was reading it, I was just like, I've read a lot of X-Men in my time. I was like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a nobody character. And I think they bring him in at least to confront Banshee. As well as I think he's kind of, at least in this instance, the brains behind this outfit. Because you've seen what happens when you leave the brainiac ability to blob. You're just going to end up talking about disgusting things. At least he's keeping us focused. (laughs) He's the leader of the pack. So essentially, the X-Men are in the mall and the Brotherhood are in the mall. It's Christmas. It's Christmas shopping time. And they run into each other and just decide, all right, let's have a giant Barney. Instead of just leaving each other be, having an... World War One, Mike. In World War One, the English and the Germans on Christmas Day held a ceasefire and had a gentlemanly game of football. Okay, World War One, the most <laughs> bloody war in recent history. The X-Men go shopping and it's a giant fucking kickoff. Exactly like I was saying earlier. Well, in the defense of the X-Men, they didn't start this. And honestly, it sounds like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants doesn't really want to start it. It's it's this Unos character because they say, hey, you know, somebody needs to let him know that that's the X-Men over there. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants has figured it out, and they're there on business. They say they're on business. They're hunting the world's most powerful mutant themselves. And then it goes from being all hell breaks loose in one panel to just a discussion. It goes down <laughs> to, hey, we have no time for proper introductions. We have to locate and then enlist the world's most powerful mutant is what the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are here for. And you know who shows up for the first time at that time? Just out of the blue, Santa Claus. The most powerful mutant of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't guess, was old Saint Nick. Hmm, is that so? As he says. Then we go on for two more pages of, like you said, the obligatory fighting. (laughs) And then we're on page seven. And it just fucking stops. Oh, 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 page seven, right? I'm going to... Just have to discuss the middle panel, right slap bang in the middle of the page of Santa uh, looking down. So what Santa does is the most powerful mutant in the world. To stop the fight, he turns the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants into action figures. And he picks them up and there is this one panel of him looking down on them. And it is the most terrifying shit I have ever seen (laughs) in my entire life. I'm going to have nightmares about this. Look at that. 
what is that? <laughs> it's I don't understand. It's like it's almost feline the way they've drawn the face. It it's yeah, it didn't leave a didn't leave a a nice taste in my mouth when I got no, to that page. It does seem very odd. It like you said, it's I can't put my finger on it, but I can look at it and see exactly what you're talking about. I think the reason is is because Saint Nick is generally drawn jolly. He's not drawn jolly in this whole eight pages, even down in the bottom corner here. He not only is not drawn jolly, he's not acting jolly. But right before that, yeah, he's he's kind of got this aggressive kind of wild-eyed look, very similar to a white <laughs> rabbit. And I love the panel where Banshee is like, you wouldn't have perhaps by chance seen the world's most powerful mutant, would you, Mr. Uh, uh, he's like, Kringle. Chris Kringle. Oh, he fucking James Bonds him. Amazing. <laughs> and then I actually agree 100% with Santa Claus here because, as we said, both sides have come to enlist Santa Claus. And he just fucking flat out says, he's like, a mutant choosing sides now during the season to be jolly? Not likely, but I'm sure when you find what you're looking for, it'll be right under your nose. Now, read that first one again. Santa Claus hasn't decided if he's going to be an evil motherfucker yet or if he's going to help the X-Men. <laughs> he's literally said, I'm not choosing a fucking side. Especially, this is my season, leave me the fuck alone. Well, no, I think that's actually only fair because Santa is somebody who, one of his main character traits is judging whether or not someone is naughty or nice. So it's only fair that he stays completely neutral so that he can have an objective standpoint in the judgment. Because if he was nice and he was like, yeah, nice kid. Ash, no, fuck it. I just realized he gives all the nice kids toys and all the bad kids coal. Santa is a goody two-shoes, suck up, son of a gun. Uh, I hate him. And spoilers, I don't think he's real. What? Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> so, Dude, no, I'm sorry. Mike, it's okay. stop crying. Mike, please stop crying. It's okay. I've, I've heard that rumor before. I, I, It wasn't so much that you've told me anything I haven't heard before. It's just I lost a lot of respect for your opinion. <laughs> so with that said yeah santa's not going to choose sides hopefully if he gives wolverine anything he gives wolverine a lump of coal because when we reviewed the dazzler wolverine threatened a shop clerk and i was reading his playboys and penthouses so yeah like you said wolverine not necessarily a good guy and now at this point santa says fuck it i'm done with the x-men i'm gonna teleport you off to the other guys and you guys can have fun and I'm going to wipe your mind. So literally now we're talking Dark Phoenix level mind wiping. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what jumped to mind when I read it. I was like, maybe he actually is the most powerful mutant. Right. So I think he is. And it does concern me because I am sure, and I haven't, this is where I haven't done research. I am 100% sure that we've not seen the last of Santa Claus. And I really want <laughs> to know what decisions he makes and what he does in the Marvel future. Does he sit amongst the watchers? Is he that level? Was he a herald of Galactus? He has the means. I think Santa Claus may be like the phase five big bad. We've had Thanos. We've had, uh, what we've got now in the movies, we've got uh, Kang the Conqueror is coming in. Next one, Santa Claus. I think that actually works. And to say what we do, I think this is exactly how you bring him into the Marvel Universe. You bring him in as everybody thinks it's going to be a nice little Christmas special, a Marvel Christmas. No, this motherfucker is just going. He's shrinking people. He's teleporting people. He's wiping minds. 
He's doing whatever the hell he wants to do, and he must be stopped. With a wild-eyed grin the entire time. Yeah, it's very uh, maniacal looking. It's, it's he like, is. It, like we said, I think that is the troubling part. You kind of nailed it with the one image because every one of these, he's not happy. I thought St. Nick is supposed to have a belly full of... He's even skinny. Look, on page seven, look, he is thin. He's thinner than Frogman. Holy shit. Have we done, have we done another swamp thing? And it turns out that this isn't actually Santa Claus. This is just the world's most powerful mutant. And his seasonal job is to be a mall Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, God. They've done us again. I would like to think that being the world's most powerful mutant would afford you a better job than mall Santa. But either way. <laughs> Oh, what a what a holly jolly Christmas time we had. So how many whatever? What would you like to rate these as? We could rate them as mall Santas. We mall Santas. Yeah, I was going to say mall Santas. (laughs) There you go. So how many mall Santas would you give this? Oh, honestly, two. It's it's dumb. It's pointless. It's does nothing for X Men lore apart from hinting towards the fact that there is this omnipresent evil who will never rear his head again, apart from one night a year, when he acts kindly. He fucks with your mind. He literally fucked with the X-Men's minds, so yes. He literally fucked with the X-Men's minds. I'm now scared of Santa Claus, so I give this book two more Santas out of five. I'm going to say the inconsistency in the tone is what bothers me more than anything. I'm going to be... I guess for the holiday season, a little more jolly in my review of this than I normally am because it is goofy, but this is a Christmas special. This is intended to be goofy. You don't go in expecting a lot. You don't get a lot. I think if from a tonal standpoint, the thing that bothers me is the blob being a complete creep. And (laughs) yeah as well as Wolverine's already ready to kill people instantly. Santa comes off being, you would think in a kid's comic book, Santa should be nice, but there's nothing he does here that implies he's nice at all. No, he's just, he doesn't imply he's nice. He implies he's Dr. Fucking Manhattan. (laughs) So, so yeah, I'm going to give it just from, because I find it at least cheesy, likable, and much like the White Rabbit and Frogman, there is an element of cheese in this. I give it two and a half to three. I think if it weren't so kind of disgusting at times with the blob, I could even give it three and a half. And if if Santa weren't so off the rails crazy, I might even get this a four. But again, it goes all the way down to two and a half because the tone of a holiday comic book shouldn't be this awkward shouldn't be threatening single mothers <laughs> exactly so yeah two and a half we'll go with two and a half yeah i can agree with that uh but i've got to say it's put a little bit of a jingle in my bell it's lifted my christmas spirits it's got it me in the holiday mood yeah and i do want to go now this was the first of a series that I believe goes on to this day. Let me look. Uh, Actually, I guess it went on through 2011. So it went on for 10 years, and it does make me want to review some of these other holiday specials. And if you do follow this comic with us on viewcomics.me and you want to see it, 
Uh, just stop at page eight because the page nine is where we get the invisible girl, and it's just a really not fun ride. So I'll just put it that way. You think this makes you feel bad? That makes you feel, even though it, there is a picture, and I have to mention it, even though we're not reviewing it. There's a picture where the thing is walking around in a yellow trench coat and a hat and gloves, <laughs> and it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So go look at that one. But otherwise, no, no, just avoid that story altogether. Jump the story because you're gonna if you bypass it, you land yourself straight in the middle of a you guessed it, Punisher Christmas story. Oh, what shoot. uplifting time that is for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I I'm gonna have to go back and read this entire thing. I didn't even get to the Punisher one. I stopped because I knew we had limited time. I stopped after the X-Men and I got barely into the invisible woman slash <laughs> Franklin. Uh, episode issue so so here we are anyway i'll quit rambling about that read this at your leisure review back to us send us an email at mall santas at multiverse of badness and tell us a review and we will give you a shout out and give a big 10 20 second review that you tell us how the rest of this issue works out for you and as for the mob squad the multiverse of badness squadron we can be reached at twitter at Multiverse of Bad, and Instagram at Multiverse of Badness. And again, email to anywhere you want. Please, if you get an opportunity, give us a review on Apple Podcast. It actually does help us get more listeners because we could use them. We had a pretty good run in the first few episodes, and we're trying to keep up the momentum. So we want to thank everyone that's listening, everyone that's responding out there on the Instagrams and the Twitters, and we also want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holiday, whichever way that you roll. Yep. Hail you. You are lovely. You make this worth doing. I'm not talking to the listeners. I'm talking to you, Mike. Thank you for joining me on this Christmas journey. And where will this Christmas journey lead us to? The Multiverse of Brands. There we go. <laughs>